Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a story from a marine aviator who persevered through many no's in his life and succeeded. But before we begin, a couple of things. Number one, I want to thank you for your patience through uh, this time that, if you notice, we haven't put out too many podcasts or videos. And what had happened is I came down with COVID. I was sick for a while, and then, of course, we went on to Sun and Fun after that. And uh, really appreciate everybody reaching out to me. I thank so much for that. Uh, one of the things I didn't want to do is to put too much out because you could tell I was sick. As a matter of fact, in that last video that I did about COVID, uh, it actually, uh, you could tell I was a little bit sick there, but uh, but we're all through it, ready to go. I'm so excited, uh, and this is going to be a really cool start to us uh, starting more videos and back in the role of getting some of those out there as far as uh, with the pilot interview course and that kind of thing. I'm here back in Lakeland, Florida, and uh, and really excited to, to get with this uh topic tonight. Uh, but first, before we begin, I do have uh, one email that I wanted to read to you. It's a, it's a question from a listener, and then we'll get to this really inspirational story from a Marine pilot. So let's go to that email. First email comes in and says, hello, Carl and team. I have a quick question for the podcast. I just hit 1,500 hours total time and have enough cross-country time for the reduced ATP. 425 is what he has right now. I know the regionals will generally do your ATP checkride as part of your initial training and tight checkride. Before COVID, they were converting the ATP CTP as well. My question is, given the environment, would it be worth spending the $5,000 on the ATP CTP now, or should I wait until hiring restarts to see if the regionals will continue to cover it? I like to do the ATP CTP now and get the ATP written out of the way, but it's a lot of money and I don't really want to spend it right now if I don't have to. Thanks. Well, this email came in in January of this year, and here we are in May, and the hiring has started again. We actually sent an email back to this person telling them, you know, I think we should wait a little bit unless you have the money to kill. If you have a million dollars in the bank, of course, go ahead and get your ATP, CTP on your own. Uh, but no, I would suggest that you wait till they're hiring, which they are doing now. Again, you have to measure that with how much money you have. If it's something that you you know, you're done, you have everything, and you want to just do something else for your own edification, that's terrific. But right now, I would say, yeah, you probably want to hold off for a little bit on that ATP, CTP, especially now it's in May of 2021, and the airlines are hiring again. So that's pretty excited. And on that note, I'm really excited about what's happening with the airlines. I know that people are flying again. Uh, one of the cautionary tells, like I said, it's going to be two to five years for the airlines to recover. Uh, it's going to be about two years till we start getting back into the profitability mode, which we're right, we're headed towards that right now. And I don't mean selling tickets because selling tickets and flights that has to do with what we're talking about getting hired. But as far as the health of the airlines, they have to pay off all that debt that they incurred during the pandemic. So that's really important for them to get back on their feet again, but really positive cash flows happening again, March, April, May, we're seeing that with many of the different airlines. So it's a really exciting time. So I think in the next year or two, we'll see, uh, see them recover and possibly pay back a lot of those uh, bills and loans that they got from the government. So let's go on to the, uh, hopefully that's answered your question. By the way, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com if you have a question or if you want to relate one of your inspirational stories. And that's what we're going to do today. And this comes in from a Marine pilot. And it's really, I, I love this story because it has to do with the video here. If you'll see in the back here, uh, that uh, has to do with 
the, the squadron there, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Now on to our inspirational story, but first I want to actually thank our sponsor, Spartan School of Aeronautics and Technology. If you're ready for your aviation career to take off, visit spartan.edu to find out how you can accelerate your career in aviation. Established in 1928, Spartan College of Aeronautics and Technology is one of the nation's first technical training schools for aviation and pilots. Spartan College has trained over 100,000 pilots during its over 90-year history. With the purchase of 32 new Piper Archers, you'll train using the newest technology in the industry. To find out more, visit spartan.edu. Spartan College of Aeronautics and Technology will accelerate your aviation career and help you reach new heights. Also, Spartan School of Aeronautics and Technology is donating 50 scholarships guides. And that's that scholarships guide with over 120 scholarships. And you can get one for free going to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. Use our coupon code Spartan. Now on to our story. So here, this listener mail is uh, from an individual. And by the way, if you write us, uh, I'll take out some of the information that is specific to you, some of the private information. So I have changed this a little bit, uh, but uh, for the most part, we read most of the, the emails because we want to be really transparent. There's just certain things that are private that we felt we shouldn't relate here. So here we go. It says, Carl, I've been listening to your podcast for a few years now, and I got to say, you've been very inspirational to me. I greatly appreciate what you do for all of us. I finish listening to your episodes and always go accomplish something to move in the right direction. Thank you. I finally got around to emailing you because I was watching one of your YouTube episodes. It was great, by the way, and keep it up. And I saw a big VT3 patch on the shelf behind you. I was just curious what connection you had to the Red Knights and if you were an instructor here at one time. Well, on the whole VT3, that's this patch right here that we're talking about, the Red Knights. Um, as far as my connection to the training squadron, interestingly enough, a lot of people that uh, I work with are in that squadron, have been in that squadron. I even fly with people from that squadron. I've never taught there. I have taught military pilots as a contractor, but never actually taught in that squadron. And uh, a lot of military pilots I work with when they're actually leaving the military and trying to figure out what to do on their term leave and that type of thing. So that's really my connection is just the fact that uh, I've gotten these patches, by the way, here from people that visited me at air shows. And some of the people in that squadron have actually been in some of the air shows that I attend and that I announce in. And they were uh, nice enough to give me those patches. I love patches and I love hats. So ever want to send me a gift, I love patches and hats. Uh, but uh, a little history, by the way, let's talk a little history on the VT3 squadron. Uh, first of all, it's a training squadron, VT3, and was commissioned in May 1st, 1960 at South, White, South Whiting Field. Excuse me. Its primary mission at the time was to instruct student naval aviators in radio instruments, air-to-air -air gunnery, and formation flying. Air-to-air uh, -air gunnery was discontinued in January of 1965, and familiarization and basic training was added in its place. In 1973, VT3 moved to its present location at North Wedding Field. In 1980, VT3 became one of the few commands selected to be alternately commanded by Navy and Marine Corps officers. The Red Knights were honored again in 1994 when they became the Navy's only joint primary flight training squadron to include Air Force students and instructor pilots. Additionally, VT3 alternated between Navy Air Force commanding officers from 1995 to 2014. Now today, VT3 continues its legacy of joint training with a ready room of Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, 
and Air Force instructor pilots. By the way, I'm going to have a link below. There's a big shout out to VT3 and the training squadron there. And a, bit, a big shout out to VT3, by the way. All that you folks do, I think it's absolutely terrific. Uh, I'm one of your biggest fans. Um, anyway, let's continue on with the, with the email. I hope you, you enjoy that little history. If, if you want me to do some more of those, let me know. I just want to put that as an aside because I'm a big fan of ET3. He continues with his email. I'll be retiring out here in a couple years and plan on starting a career in the airlines after this. I plan on reaching out for some career advice when the time comes, or at least a little closer. I've heard a lot of inspirational stories on your show. I hope you have time to hear mine. I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a pilot. As I remember back, there were a few things that worked together to spark my passion. My dad was in the Air Force and worked on F-15s. I was able to be around the aircraft regularly. We had a family friend who was an airline pilot and got me a discovery flight with the Young Eagles program. I know it seems trivial, but as a kid, I loved to build models of aircraft. My parents bought this paper airplane model kit. It was called White Wings. And I was so intrigued with how they flew and the aerodynamics behind it. But the pivotal moment was about 14 years old. We were stationed at Nellis, and the Thunderbirds used to practice north of Vegas all the time. I would sit on the roof and watch. One day I told myself, yep, that's what I'm going to do. It took a tremendous amount of work as a teenager, but after being stationed back in Eglin, I mowed a lot of lawns and saved up the money to get my private license at the Eglin Air Force Base Aero Club. I flew as much as a poor young adult could afford for the next couple years. Then life took a different direction. I got married, had a son right away at a very young age, and found myself struggling to provide, with nothing extra to spend on flying. After losing my last civilian job with a second son on the way, I went to a recruiter and enlisted in the Marine Corps. I spent the next 12 years as a tanker. I had the most wonderful experiences, incredible deployments, and made lifelong friends. All the while, I would take a college class here and there and try to fly just enough to stay current with what I could afford. There's a program in the U.S. Marine Corps called MECEP, which is the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Education Program. It is a very competitive commissioning program, but basically gives you orders while remaining active duty and getting paid to go to college, get your degree, and commission upon completion. A very sweet deal indeed. I was selected and attended Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, majored in aeronautical sciences, and because I could use my GI benefits, I went to multi-engine track and flew the DA-42 the whole time I was there to get my commercial multi-engine instrument. I was so happy to be doing what I loved and getting paid for it while attending the school. I tried to get an aviation contract with the Marines. But I was 31 at the time, and the CG, or commanding general, said no to my age waiver. I was incredibly frustrated, but I did not give up. I asked again, but again, an answer of no. A new commanding general asked again, no. Commanding general came to the school, so I was able to talk face to face. He said he'd work with me, but it came back on paper as a no. I was pretty frustrated. I was older because I had been a Marine, not because I had been on the street the whole time. I ran an outstanding physical fitness test and had a 4.0 GPA, was attending the perfect school for it, all nines on the aviation safety, or excuse me, aviation selection test battery, ASTB as it called, was going to incur the same obligations as any other Marine pilot, yet I was one year older than another student at school who got the waiver, and my answer was no. 
I went to basic school as a new officer on a ground contract. While under a different command, I asked for the age waiver again and got a yes. I was ecstatic. But now I had to compete for the one pilot slot for my class of 240. Only about 25 guys were gunning for it. I worked my butt off, and in the end, the pilot slot was mine. I was over the moon. You're probably familiar with what happens next, aviation pre-flight indoctrination, then VT-6. I knew from the start that the C-130 was where I wanted to be. I was very successful in primary. After all, I had been studying for this my whole life. I was lucky enough to be selected for the almighty Herc, and I've had the most outstanding flying career. I fell in love with the plane. Stationed in Japan, then San Diego, been around the globe numerous times, flown the craziest locations you can think of, numerous deployments and detachments. I would drive to work and could not believe that they were paying me to do this. The mission set for this platform in the U.S. Marine Corps is unique as well. To be able to fly a low level at night on the goggles under threat of air delivery bundles of blood and supplies to troops at a forward operating base, go refuel jets or helos, land in an austere location somewhere, then a couple nights be at some capital city in Europe for a trip home, doing it all with your close friends in a plane, that is comfortable and a blast to fly. All good things come to an end, and I knew that I would get orders somewhere, so I asked for orders to come back to Whiting and instruct. So far, I have greatly enjoyed it. I owe the two years for the PCS, then I would be eligible to retire. I plan on flying for the airliners after. I'm looking forward to the next chapter, but certainly enjoying this one. Once again, love your show and all the work you do advancing our community. Thank you for all you do. Look forward to hearing from you. Well, Captain, I really appreciate that, and I appreciate any email like this. You truly are an inspiration for those that are listening here. If you're listening, you're watching this video, please take his information and his story to heart. Through perseverance and through all these no's, he was able to move forward with his career because he did persevere. Don't forget, a no is just a no. It's not a stop. So no is just a hurdle, is not a stop sign. You have to continue going. No is just a hurdle, stop sign, it is not. I want you to continue forward. I I love your story, and I I wish I could have you on the show to talk to you in person, maybe someday. If you have a story like this, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You know, what can we glean from that? What can we learn from that? For our friends in VT3, you know, what can we learn from them? Some amazing instructors, by the way. I've gotten to fly with a lot of those folks there, and uh, just terrific people, uh, all of them, and we do appreciate everybody's service. And uh, and the thing that we can do as civilians is, and, and what I do here, is help those that are coming out of this service. But the biggest thing is for those that are in the service, you know, tell us what your struggles have been. If you haven't been in the service, please tell us your struggles and what you've been able to do to overcome them. Because remember, persistence and perseverance is the most important. A no is not a stop sign. It's just a hurdle, and you just have to jump over it. Well, folks, I hope you really appreciate this. And if you have a story, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. And if you're someone that wants to help out others move forward in their career, don't forget there's many ways to do that. And that's through our Patreon to pay it forward campaign, where we give away free scholarships guides. And people are asking me, you know, do I really need a scholarship now? Things are, are moving forward so quickly. You need it even more. So go out there, get one of those free scholarships at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. Tell your friends about it. We have a lot of 
of them out there, I was absolutely amazed at the people that have come forth that want to give away scholarships guides for free. And a big shout out to our friends there and our sponsor of this show today, and that's Spartan School of Aeronautics. I really appreciate what they've done. You can go visit them at spartan.edu. Uh, some terrific people, and you can find their coupon code. It's Spartan, and it's at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. It shows you how to go out there and get the scholarships guide for free. But most importantly, when you've listened to that person's story, I hope it's inspired you to not stop there. Most importantly, it's, it's just taking that next step Knowing that no is just a hurdle, it's not a stop sign, and you can jump over that hurdle on your way to your success. But I really want you to do this for me. I want you to do something after you stop this. I want you to do something today, right now. It could be something really small if you're driving in the car, if you're listening on the podcast. Please do something now. Like write, write it down. Do a memo and say, you know, hey, Siri, here's a memo. Do something along those lines. Call a friend. When you stop your car, write down something important. It could be something really big. It could be, you know, maybe you want to schedule your check ride. Maybe you want to schedule your written exam. Maybe you want to enroll in a college. Whatever it may be, I want you to do that today. So please, take one step today towards your career goal. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career this aviation podcast is produced by the valeri aviation corporation although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast compensation never influences our opinion before purchasing any product or service you should always do your own research 